Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the feast of St. Andrew Dunglac and his companions. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, source and origin of all fatherhood, who kept the martyrs, St. Andrew Dunglac and his companions, faithful to the cross of your Son, even to the shedding of their blood, grant through their intercession that spreading your love among our brothers and sisters, we may be your children both in name and in truth. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Book of the Apocalypse In my vision, I, John, saw a white cloud, and sitting on it, one like a son of man, with a gold crown on his head, and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came out of the sanctuary, and shouted aloud to the one sitting on the cloud, Put your sickle in and reap. Harvest time has come, and the harvest of the earth is ripe. Then the one sitting on the cloud set his sickle to work on the earth, and the earth's harvest was reaped. Another angel, who also carried a sharp sickle, came out of the temple in heaven, and the angel in charge of the fire left the altar and shouted aloud to the one with the sharp sickle, Put your sickle in and cut all the branches off the vine of the earth. All its grapes are ripe. So the angel set his sickle to work on the earth and harvested the whole vintage of the earth and put it into a huge winepress, the winepress of God's anger. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord comes to judge the earth. The Lord comes to judge the earth. Proclaim to the nations, God is king, the world he made firm in its place. He will judge the peoples in fairness. The Lord comes to judge the earth. Let the heavens rejoice and the earth be glad. Let the sea and all within it thunder praise. Let the land and all it bears rejoice. All the trees of the wood shout for joy at the presence of the Lord, for he comes. He comes to rule the earth. The Lord comes to judge the earth. With justice, he will rule the world. He will judge the peoples with his truth. The Lord comes to judge the earth. Alleluia, alleluia. Be faithful unto death, says the Lord, and I will give you the crown of life. 
Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. When some were talking about the temple, remarking how it was adorned with fine stonework and votive offerings, Jesus said, All these things you are staring at now, the time will come when not a single stone will be left on another. Everything will be destroyed. And they put to him this question, Master, they said, when will this happen then? And what sign will there be that this is about to take place? Take care not to be deceived, he said, because many will come using my name and saying, I am he and the time is near at hand. Refuse to join them. And when you hear of wars and revolutions, do not be frightened. For this is something that must happen, but the end is not so soon. Then he said to them, Nation will fight against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and plagues and famines here and there. There will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, I'll just kick off with a quick public service announcement. Um, Gratefully, us South Australians, we've been given a get-out-of-jail-free card. Turns out lying to contact tracers isn't a good idea. And it seems like our outbreak is pretty much under control. So gratefully, we were back at Mass over the weekend. And it's looking a whole lot better for us. And uh, news too that um, Victoria is now up to 150 people at Mass too. So that's fantastic news. So all of that means we'll be sticking to our original plan of um, wrapping up the daily podcasts at the end of the liturgical year. So after Sunday, it'll be um, just the weekly podcast. I know a number of people have expressed to me disappointment at that, and I'm I'm really sorry. Um, Yeah, unfortunately, these homilies do take a bit of um, preparation, and uh, certainly as parish life goes back to normal, um, my workload certainly increased. So it's called for a little recalibration on my part. Mind you, after this very intense week of the apocalypse, um, you might not miss the podcast too much. It's really hard work. And, um, you know, yesterday's was just a marathon effort if you guys got through it. Well done. And I appreciate, you know, if you're just listening to this while you're, you know, sort of driving or doing the dishes or whatever, it can be really hard to lose the thread, especially when, you know, we're trying to cover so much ground in in such a short space of time. And if you haven't got the text in front of you, it's really super easy to get lost. I mean, angels, demons, dragons, beasts, there's a lot happening. But it's worth remembering that apocalyptic literature, it really operates on, on two planes. On the one hand, you've got the heavenly realm. That's where the spiritual powers do their thing. And we heard about this cosmic war that's going on. You know, the dragon that's there in front of the um, woman who's giving birth uh, and is ready to eat the child, right? (laughs) You know, that's the dragon looking to destroy God's plan, But Michael the Archangel and the rest of his angel cohort and all the uh, martyrs, they conquer, they win their victory over the dragon um, through the lamb that was slain, right? Through Christ himself. So in a cosmic heavenly sense, right? Like the war's been won, but the dragon then gets thrown down to earth. And this is the second plane on which apocalyptic literature 
focuses, right? What happens in heaven is kind of mirrored on earth. Knowing that the spiritual realities is, is true reality, but that it finds its echo in history. So the dragon's now doing his business on earth, and the dragon is the one who gives power to these two ugly, fearsome beasts. And one of these beasts rises from the sea, the other beast rises from the earth, and they both have a kind of weird quality of mimicking the lamb that was slain. They look a bit like a messiah. They can, you know, perform these miracles that we hear. And they suck in a lot of followers. And those who are caught up in their empty promises, they take upon themselves the mark of the beast, right? The 666, the imperfect, imperfect, imperfect. Now, these two beasts, they're symbolic, right? The first beast represents kind of military power, the capacity to kill and to control by means of force. And the second beast kind of represents economic power, right? The promise of salvation that comes through wealth and security. And both of these beasts, right, militaristic power and economic power, they give rise to the worldly superpowers which become the forces of oppression. Now, at the time of writing the book of the Apocalypse, you know, the superpower is Rome. Uh, and we can see the way that they use their militaristic and economic power in order to crush and persecute those who are faithful to God. But before Rome, it was Greece. And before Greece, it was the Persians. And before the Persians, it was the Babylonians. And since Rome, count them up, we've had the rise and fall of a number of empires and so the message goes out to the Christians. Look, it seems like your opponents are worldly powers, you know, these, these beasts. But in actual fact, behind these beasts stands the dragon, the spiritual enemy, the one who's been cast from the heavenly realm to cause havoc on the world. So there's that word then to the Christians. You might think that Rome is your persecutor, but in actual fact, you're fighting a spiritual enemy. And we conquer the enemy by imitating the lamb who was slain. So while we heard about this great army of people who were drawn into the worship of the beasts by carrying his mark on their forehead and forearms, now we hear about the army of the lamb. These 144,000 who have the name of the lamb and of his father written on their foreheads. You know, obviously in, in stark contrast to those who carry the number of the beast. And these are caught up into the great song of praise which is addressed to God. And then you get this lovely little phrase. They follow the lamb wherever he goes. So this brings us to another feature of apocalyptic literature, right? It doesn't admit of any middle ground. We've now got two armies that have been nominated. One, those who have their allegiance with the two beasts and carry his mark. And then the 144,000 who owe their allegiance to the lamb. You're either one or the other. And that number 144,000, right? Like that's not to be taken literally. It's a symbolic number because, you know, we've got 12 tribes of Israel and the 144,000 then is 12,000 from each of the tribes of Israel. It speaks of 
the fullness of God's people. Now here's the thing, we've already heard about the defeat of the dragon in heaven. Now we wait to hear about the defeat of the dragon and his beasts on earth. Because the earthly battle is just a mirror of what's happening in true reality, which is in the heavens. The next bit we see then is the manifestation of this great heavenly victory established now on earth. Because three angels are sent into the world. The first one has got the good news of the victory of God. The second angel declares that Babylon, you know, Rome or whatever stands as the oppressive superpower has fallen. And then the third angel comes and proclaims God's judgment against those who worshipped the beast. They will receive punishment, while instead we hear this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord henceforth. Yes, says the Spirit, they may rest from their labours, for their works go with them. So now that the victory has been proclaimed, it's time for final justice. And that's the reading that we have today. It's described as two harvests, a harvest of grain and a harvest of grapes. Now, the harvest of grain has got a bit of a parallel uh, in Matthew's gospel. Remember the parable of the um, darnel and the wheat? That a landowner had sowed good seed and was waiting for a harvest of wheat, but that an enemy had planted weeds in amongst the grain And so there would be a great separation at harvest time when the grain would be brought into the granary and the weeds would be bundled up and burnt in fire. Well, here we see a slight variation on that picture, right? The grain is definitely harvested and brought into God's barns. Those who are faithful to the slain lamb. As for those who allied themselves with the worldly powers, the beasts, and who carried the mark of the beasts and worshipped them. They're now characterised as a second harvest, a harvest of grapes. These are the ones who were intoxicated by evil. And now these grapes are gathered into a new vintage, and they are pressed in the winepress of God's anger. Now, that's a pretty frightening image, but in fact, this is God's answer to a pretty frightening pair of beasts. The presence of evil in the world is not something that God will ultimately tolerate. He's patient, but not infinitely patient. The cry of the martyrs reaches God's ears and asks for justice, and that is what God brings. If you ally yourself with the forces of evil, accepting the mark of the beast, well, God will hear the cry of the poor against you. And you now know that the slain lamb is already victorious. So we see here kind of like this sharp apocalyptic division that happens. There are two sides and you've got to pick. There's no middle ground at the end of the day. You're either part of the harvest of grain among those sealed with the name of the father and of the lamb or you'll be part of the vintage which will be squeezed in the winepress of God's anger, God's great desire to put things right. Now, remember where we started with the book of Apocalypse? That it was seven letters written to seven churches in Asia Minor? Well, here's the upshot. To the churches 
is given this invitation. You've got to choose. You can't play on both teams and you can't sit on the sidelines. You've got to pick. And if you're smart, you know that one team has already won and that this victory is waiting to be made manifest on earth in the final judgment. So be faithful to God. So can I make a little recommendation? Just, you know, a little act of piety for today. Consider renewing your baptismal promises. Because that's where we make three renunciations and three professions of faith. It's the moment when we pick our team and when we decide that there is no middle ground. So, do you reject Satan? And all his works? And all his empty promises? Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, was crucified, died and was buried, rose from the dead and is now seated at the right hand of the Father? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting? This is our faith. This is the faith of the Church. We are proud to profess it in Christ Jesus our Lord. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. 
help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.